Welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for joining us for the weekly catch-up with the two great men of the My Love of Golf team, Magic and Rocket. They're sitting the other side of this wonderful introduction music. Uh, I've, I've thought about getting rid of it, but uh, by popular demand, it stays. Rocket's shaking his head. I can hear it. It stays there. Let's play the music that everyone loves. It's not Rocket's theme tune. That'll come in a minute. Let's play it. And um, got a lot to talk about. Great to catch up with the guys all over the country. Let's go. Good evening, uh, gentlemen. Uh, Rocket and Magic, how are we? And by Rocket, you first. You well? <laughs> how are you, buddy? You well? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Do not change that theme music, the no, entrance. No, I no, won't. No, um, no. Funnily enough, uh, someone once jokingly suggested uh, that uh, that theme tune music might have spawned a nation of golfing air guitarists. That was that was. Oh, the, yeah, absolutely. Like. I've been listening to it for nearly, what is it, three years now, and I'm still, like, bopping away every time it comes on. Uh, it's just the, catchy. The other thing, and I can't remember, it was a while ago now, and I sort of, it, it came in, came out um, of my sphere of uh, notice. Um, someone pointed out that, I'm not sure if it was another golf podcast. It was, no, it was someone who was doing some golfing videos on YouTube, an Australian-based golfing instructional, maybe product selling or something, they were selling something. Um, obviously not a significant note, uh, but they said, they've pinched your theme tune. And I was like, oh, I immediately went into, you know, cease and desist, legal. I don't even know what cease and desist means. Uh, I've never written a legal letter in my life, maybe a text message to a staff member or something like that, but um, nothing, anything, you know, serious I've never done. Uh, he sent me the link to who it was and where it was, and rightly enough, it was, it was the tune, albeit slightly different. How do we how do we cover this? So of course I went straight to the source of uh, the music. I went to uh, Brett Berger Kingman, uh, the greatest guitarist in Australia, Matt Eliza. Um, you can check out his pedal reviews if you're a guitarist and a golfer. Uh, Brett Kingman does great pedal reviews on YouTube, very successful. Uh, and he said, "Oh well, actually, Ross, um, yeah, it's it's my track. Uh, I made it, but I've sampled something that he's pulled off of somewhere that you can get, you know, general, and just put stuff over the top." Anyway, there you go. Everything was fine. He said, yeah, they've used the free stuff, but my stuff's the jam, mate. My stuff is the real deal, and no one can take or claim or use that without your or my permission. So here we go. We continue with the uh, theme tune. Uh, Magic, how are you? Excellent, mate. Excellent. Uh, And I just... Sorry for the delay, gentlemen. Uh, The listeners, when they listen to this, whether it's next week, next year or tomorrow uh they won't know that i had all these audio problems um going on uh and we're probably running 20 minutes behind schedule it's probably the triplets um way past their bedtime rocket um but i caught the tail end of your conversation there once again nothing to do with golf we'll get to that important stuff what's going on with cheese cheese oh no it's not just cheese it's everywhere supermarkets they're all they're all battling away yeah it's um you know, we've we've introduced Peak Cheese Week. Um, we we know that there are some wine and cheese loving golfers out there. Yeah. Um, that probably now are going to look towards us for some you know cheeseology. Uh, yeah. What's what's the latest from the King Island Dairy Company? Is there is there anything on special? Is there any point of being on special this week? Oh, there's uh the big specials now for this time of year. All because we run into Australia Day now. So Tasmanian Heritage is our number one cheese for Australia Day. So that's on special in Woolies. Anyone looking for a uh, two hundred and fifty gram brie or camembert? That would be the the, the one to choose. Okay, the, the triple. No free ads. Yeah. Oh yeah. no no no! Just this is yeah the triple triple brie on special at the moment. Yep. Oh no, that one finished yesterday. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh. King Island finished yesterday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, up until pre-COVID times, you know, the staple uh, of most uh, sandbelt golf courses, you know, you, you finish your round of golf and you go to the bar and you get your drink and what's over to the left side, there's a big block of cheese with a 
with a towel over it and a heap of biscuits and you just fingered it all and got it into you. Um, that's, that's no longer. So the golfers are missing their cheese. So, you know, you're bringing some cheeseology, as I said. Um, so what is it again? The triple, the triple. Taz Heritage, the double, um, the double brie and the camembert, both on special in Woolies. Uh, once again. Half price. Uh, now, segueing across, still not sticking with King Island, but uh, coming to uh, Drum and Golf. Congratulations to uh, one of my playing partners from a number of the Drum and Golf franchisee events uh, that we that we host uh, yearly. We haven't had one for a while, but congratulations to Roland Baglin for winning the King Island Pro Am Classic down there over uh, two rounds down at King Island, uh, the Ocean Dunes and the Cape Wickham Course. Back to back, he actually has gone back to back. He beat, um, I can't remember who he beat, but last time he was tied winner with um, uh, Ashley Hall, who's you know, played on tour, no insignificant golfer in his own right. But mm. uh, Roland Baglin, former pro at uh, La Trobe and uh, now a drummer golf franchisee, drummer golf Q, uh, won the bloody thing. Good on you, Roland. Well done. Well done. Looked like it was absolutely beautiful weather too today. I think it was today or yesterday that I saw the. Uh Post from, I think it was Airswing was down there. Someone was down there putting right. up some photos. It looked great. No, um, under the that card. That explain why my, one of my mates who's a uh, pro was playing down there and posting photos. I'm like, hmm, interesting. I thought, didn't realise he was flying down there, but that now explains why. Well, our good, our good friends from Air Adventure uh, had every available aircraft full to the brim with the uh, professional golfing elite of Melbourne. Um, you know, we're talking lots of Roland Bagland, of course, uh, Tony Craswell from La Trobe, uh, Heath Street from, uh, where's Heath at now? He's been around Box Hill now, Commonwealth, uh, a few others. To, uh, Heath had 20-odd points in day one, blew, blew it out. He said, I asked him, I said, mate, what's going on? Like, you were nowhere. He said, I was blowing a gale. So, obviously, he didn't handle the um, Scottish-style uh, winds down there. But, um, yeah, Air Adventure took all the people down there. And what did they take them down there in, Mike? Pilatus P... C something? I don't know. Pilatus something. The Pilatus PC-12, the PC-12. Fi- finest corporate jet in aviation, uh, small to medium range corporate jet flying above the clouds, not under the clouds or not through the clouds, but above above the crowds, cl- above the crowds definitely, uh, and above the clouds um, where the big jets go. And uh, But I think they had every PC-12 in, in the country and, and a couple of other um, flying the people down. Uh, well done to Air Adventure. Well done to Johnny Parrott. Um, for putting on a great event, and well done to Roland Bagland. Uh, but there were far bigger tournaments to be had this week in the world of golf. Now, let's get straight to the big one. Who wants to lead off with what happened in uh, in you know the tipping comp? What's going on there? The tipping comp? Oh. I, well, Rocket better tell us what happened with his picks <laughs> I, to start with. I don't, I don't actually know if you guys know because you, you don't seem to appear on the pages. Oh. <laughs> People turn to us for the, for the good stuff, and, and two of you aren't anywhere. No, oh my no. god, it's, that's true. The, uh, well, we did say last week that you could join at any time because there was going to be a solid chance that people would miss the cut with their picks and not get a point. And oh, I can sh- say that fifty percent of the people that put in their picks didn't get a point. <sighs> but what, what, you didn't get a point, Rocket. I thought you picked Russell Henley. What, what was that about? Yeah, I did pick Russell Henley, but then for some reason, this bloody bloody app thing was saying, oh, do you want to pick an alternative? And I picked old Zatch Johnson. And uh, what I didn't realise is that that, changes, that changed my pick. So I don't have the, the secondary one. It's like a, it is truly one and done. So when I, uh, when I was looking at it, I'm like, why am I not on the leaderboard? Yeah. And it's oh. like, oh, no. You can pick Russell this week, though. That's the upside. <laughs> you don't pick him back to back. It's not 2012. <laughs> oh, um, no, no, the, uh, there were two people that picked the winner in Hideki, uh, the Shermanator and Nomadic Golfer. I don't know who they are. I think the Shermanator, I've seen that name popping pop, popping around here and there, maybe on social somewhere. I'm not sure who Nomadic Golfer is, but they did very well and picked the winner first up. Do you know either of those guys, Ross? No, I don't, I don't uh, but... You know, my sense of uh, inquisitiveness uh, wants to know who the Shermanator and Nomadic Golfer is. If you can drop us a note, just DM us at um, Olive Golf on Instagram. Uh, it'd just be nice to put a name to the face, to the, the Insta handle. And, you know, if you want to remain secret, because that's your handle, that's that's fine. Um, you know, someone's got a really good secret calling themselves Ross's Play With Min Wu Lee. We know who you are, but... Um, <laughs> 
Well, it'd be great to just uh, have a little bit more personal contact, you know, through the Instas and whatever else it is uh, with the team. How many are we up to? Have we got 50 yet? 50 plus, yeah, about 50, 55. 50, that's awesome. 55 Tipperunis. Uh That's very good. Uh, and again, join in. You can join in yeah. this week and you're starting with Rocket and me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're equal. We're equal 26th. Fifty-five. Yeah, we're not far off DFL. At least we all offer something different, you know. Like, you know, Mike, you've got the, you've got the form, guys. You've got every stat under the sun. You've Data got Lake. It's Mike Starter Lake. Exactly. That's you've it. got spreadsheets with more computations than I've ever computated in my life. You know, Rocket, you've just got this innate craft and sense and just to smell a winner and just to you know know the history looseness yeah you know the backstory you know you (laughs) remember you remember when they hit out of the rough and they got up and down and that's why they were going to win and i got no idea uh i just if you want to have an omen bet um you know follow follow my omen bets by any chance uh because as i said last week christian bazoiden who who finished reasonably well i was you know where he was up there he wasn't he He did well you're fifth your, your yeah. fifth place, clear fifth, with $114,000. Thank so. you very much. Um, this week's tip for me, uh, once again, an omen bet. I could have flipped the coin and gone for Rusty Knox, but I'm going to save Rusty Knox for later. Rusty Knox will be the power play at some point. I'm just not feeling with Rusty. Even though he carried some form in, he's carrying some form. Uh, and I have no idea. I have no idea if Graham McDowell performs in the desert. But I've just gone with the, uh, the Celtic spirit, the Celtic thunder, you could say that, and um, picked the, uh, the Northern Irishman, the GMAC. Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I like it. You like Gmail? No, not at all. But it's a lot. <laughs> that's the thing about golf. Like exactly what you just said, and what we've said all the way through. You can do all the homework in the world. It just gives you a better idea of what you think is going to happen. And the top two people that came up last week, as I said, Cam Smith and Sung Jae Im, and both of them didn't play the weekend, so it doesn't matter. Nope. No, I um. Oh, sorry, go, go on, Mike. You were gonna I say. was going to say I've got uh, my pick this week is uh, um, Taylor Gooch is my pick. So, yeah, Taylor Gooch is the man this week. So I do know someone whose name rhymes with Pultz uh, followed my pick because he was running late and uh, he got zero points as well. So that was good. Uh, a few people picked Taylor Gooch last week. I did. Well, what is it about Taylor Gooch? What, what makes him so uh, pickable? This week, oh, he looked for me. He lines up the best of all the of all the stats that I looked at this week. So he's he's always been good at approach. He's I oh, look for this week. It's going to be another week where they're they're playing three courses. You're going to need to shoot a very low score. Winning score is going to be no, 20, no, 25. No wind, no wind. Um, he's number one par five performance. He's number six in scoring average. Uh, he's tenth in strokes gained approach, and his putters coming around. So. That to me sounds like someone who could finish towards the pointy end, and that would be good. Okay. But knowing the way I'm going, he might well miss a cut. So we'll see. <laughs> and Rocket, what about you? While we're talking tips, we may as well just uh, flush them all out for uh, this week's event. Uh, the Amer- was it the American Express? The American Express in the desert or in Palm Springs? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the debt classic. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have to. Maybe I'll reveal that one a bit later. I haven't had a look at the field and got a feel for who I want to throw my one and done at. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've got another day. You've got to have it done by tomorrow, yeah? Yep. No, I'll yep. Go, I'll, I'll, I'll announce it before. Okay. Uh, the American Express played over three courses in the desert. Is that uh, correct, Mike? Yeah, yeah. three courses. Uh, main course is PJ West, I think, the stadium course where they play one of the three in the first three days. And then the Sunday, they do a, a cut after 54, and then they play PJ West for the final round again. The other two courses are? La Quinta and I can't remember the third. I wonder if they're all, all on that property. There's a PJ West, there might be La Quinta, there's a Nicholas course and a Palmer course. Or a there's an, I'm pretty sure they're playing the Nicholas course. Yeah. yeah, there's one of them, yeah. it's They're definitely not far apart. They're all in the same the same uh, region. It looks like here yeah, they're just playing two because it says just PJ West and the Nicholas course. That, that last year they only played two, this, but then... Oh, they go back to the three? Back to three, yeah, because the Pro-Am. So last oh, year they only, right. had the, only had two because there was no, no AMs. Um, with with COVID, so this year they're back to three. Um, 
And it's a it's one of those tricky ones. Like normally when you're looking at a course and you're looking at the form, you can say, oh, well, this course, you know, it's tree-lined, it's this, it's that, but they've actually all got their own little individual characteristics. The only thing that's going to run through them all is, like Rocket said, the weather's going to be pretty benign. They're going to be pro-am pins, so these guys will eat them alive. Yeah. And uh, in those sorts of conditions, my guess is the score will be 20 to 25 under will win it. So you've got to be able to make some birdies. Uh, probably not going to suit my pick, <laughs> Graham, without. I can probably change it, actually. I can probably uh, got time. You, you, are you allowed to change? You can change up until the, the, the start. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I might have a look at Make that a bit more serious now. See, I'm now going to go away from the omen and go serious, and that's probably going to blow up. That's it. That's it. yes. It's like if you accidentally put a bet on in the CAB, you never cancel it because you know what happens. It wins. Uh, anyone played at PGA West uh, among the three of us? No, never played up there. Oh. Palm Springs. Uh, so only me wait. then. Yeah, oh, there you yeah, go. yeah. I knew where this. This was. The, this is like as soon as he said it. This is in the realm of have I played? Has anyone played with Minwoo Lee or, or a Campillo? I, I, I knew where I knew where it was going. I can't roll, but yeah, there's no other ways that I can roll. Sorry, Rocket. Uh, but it all. It, finally, we were getting a bit nostalgic. We were watching. Um, uh, Mrs. My Love and I, of uh, Golf and I were watching something earlier on TV uh, called uh, Secret Secret Scotland, and we were getting a bit nostalgic, um, you know, wanting to go and visit the family and do all that sort of stuff and have play some golf and see some of these great sites in that great country. Um, but your backdrop there, Mike, and if you want to check Mike's backdrop out, you've got to check that at the YouTube channel or probably going to be on the Instagram photo. photo. Um, your background has also made me nostalgic for visiting... Uh, PGA West and Palm Springs, where I visited as a kid in 1987. We've probably talked about that before, but, you know, that hole is very, very special to me. I nearly had a hole in one there. Really? Um, yeah, I nearly had a hole in one. I was a worst shot. Uh, it was a knifed six iron, PGA, PGF Aristocrat SB six iron. Um, it was the week after the Skins game where Trevino, Zeller, maybe Nicholas, and I can't remember who the other one, it might have been Norman, mm. but I, I can't remember the foursome. They played there the, the week before, so I was there the week after. And that was the year that Trevino holed out. Yeah, I remember that. There's, some, yeah, there's, there's some great video of that. Um, and they were playing the back tees, so I said to my host father, I said, Lee hit a six iron, so I'm going to hit a six iron, I'm going to go to the back tees. And I thinned it, I caught it at the bottom, sort of bottom groovish, but it like literally ended up on the lip of the cup for a hole in one. <laughs> But um, I, I love watching him hit that because I can guarantee that at some point over the weekend they're going to cut to some footage of PGA Tour player X or amateur X who's knifed one over and then has to chip back over the rocks onto the green or has one rattling around in the rocks that then somehow either stays on or they're trying to chip out of those rocks. It is, it is Disneyland uh, of a golf course, you know, like obviously it's a stadium course so you can see why it's just got all of the hills and the humps and the hollows and you know, the green the green grass and then in the winter. Um, so what are they coming out of there in winter now? Yeah, right. So, mm. um, you know, the rough will be brown. Um, mm. it's just, it, it is Disneyland. Um, you know, you can see in your background there the, the snow. Now, I couldn't yep. I couldn't get over it. You know, we just come from Cessnock at 35 degrees end of November and uh, we pitch up to this place. During the day it's shorts and T-shirt and then there's snow on the mountains. Like, it just yep. did not compute. Um, there you go. Uh, so, anything else for the American Express? What, are, what, are, what else are we seeing? No, no. That for me, um, the he's the Taylor Gooch is the pick. I think Henley will go well again. Sung Jim will go well again. The two guys we all, we all liked last week, Seamus Power, our famous, uh, our favourite Irishman, he will go okay. I picked the wrong Irishman. There you go. That's right. You did. Um, and maybe Matty Wolf. Matty Wolf looks like he's. Um, doing a little bit of work on the range, but uh, he sort of came good towards the end of last year and, yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see him have a good week either. Okay. Yeah, Rocket, we need to talk about last week's uh, event. Um, what did you think of that? You Did you catch the highlights? Did you see that final playoff hole of Hideki Matsuyama, Yokodeki Mashita? Yeah, I watched the uh, the highlights and that was just ridiculous. It was. Into the sun. Like, he couldn't even see it. He just flushed it and couldn't even see it. No, nah, he was... First, it was the tee shot. 
I don't know if it was um, I don't know if you saw the um, PGA Tour tweet. Tag a mate who would probably hit a T marker. Yeah, and and I tag Zach Zach Johnson. I tag myself. <laughs> I don't know how many people get the Zach Johnson one. Yeah, he did the um, Masters, <laughs> the Masters on yeah. 13. Tony Mayer would hit a team marker, <laughs> Zach Johnson. Um, and, yeah, the tee shot, like, in in regulation, just, like, he threw everything at it. Mm. And then just that three wood in the playoff, that was just... Yeah, he put the screws into him. He really... Uh, look. People sort of say Russell Henley threw it away. He didn't really do anything too wrong. He just didn't go out and win it, whereas Hideki just went killer mode. But the thing is, though, he, I think he played the 18th. I think he parred the 18th every day. I don't think he birdied it once. He lipped out for birdie on in regulation and par four. And, I mean, it was probably 15 feet. And yeah. And it really just lipped out. That, that yeah. wins it. He taps in for par and goes to the playoff. But you look at every other round, like his first round, he, he's – um, messed it up when he tried to hit that. He's hit the bump and run up the hill wherever everyone else is in the flop shot. Yeah. Um, he's played the 18th hole or par five in even par. If yeah. he plays that how he should, it's it's a non-issue. Yeah. Look, it was just it was it was a bit of a nothing tournament. Um, really, the the highlight was the I sort of I wasn't even watching the final round. Um, I thought Henley was home and hosed in the in the betting world. He was being traded at a dollar oh four, so a dollar oh four. Not too many of those get beaten down the stretch. And um, yeah, as soon as that two shot swing on twelve, I think it was, where Decky's ripped one in there and made birdie, and then Russell's made bogey, big two yep. shot swing. All of a sudden, it's like, oof. Yep. No, exactly. On. No, exactly. Um, and and look. Hideki did, and we've talked about this every other every other week, and normally we're talking about it with Cole, right? Hideki's the same as Cole. Does, he's not a great putter. Now, what did what did Hideki I think he do? He was week? he was like nearly first in the. Was he first for the week? On Strokes the round? gain putting for the week number one. Round one, he picked up two and a half shots. He was pretty much flat. Round two, round three, picked up just under four shots on the field, and then the final round, just under one. But they're the perfect greens for him, right? A good old, um, I think they're power. I think so. Yeah, I think they're power, and they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have had him running too fast because of the potential for the wind. Yeah. And they're small, and again, it's the ball striking thing as well. Like you see the people that are at the top, it's a ball striking game because the greens there are, are not massive. So. Hmm. Oh, well, it's perfect. His last. Uh, five starts. So Fortinet, he lost half a... This is for the tournament. For the week, he lost half a shot putting. At the Shiners, he lost half a shot putting. CJ Cup, he lost two and a bit shots putting. Tournament of Champions, he lost 0.3 putting. And then this week, he gained nearly two shots putting, and he wins. Like, you, you can catch the guys that have that... You get the ball strikers, you just find the guys that are a bit weaker in those things that are on an upward trend. Or have it, you catch them on the week where their their weakness is okay or better, and they win. Potentially. Well, well, you think, what's that, three wins for him now? So he's had the Masters, the Zozo, and now Same. this yep. in, in under 12 months. He hasn't really done that when everyone's been expecting him to be the, you know, blast on and churn out mm. a couple of wins a year. Yep. Oh, so I, I've said maybe he has confidence, right? Absolutely. He's just, he's a, he's the guy this year that I could see having a monster. I'm not just saying this because he won. I think I said it the other week. He's the guy that I've always said I would never bet. You know, he's the guy that just does not win. But he's now finding weeks with his putter. If he finds weeks with his putter, he's going to win. He will win. Yeah, he almost got to find those. What are those, like the same as, as you said, same as Colin. It's like what are the courses that he's either historically performed well at yeah. and you just go, hmm. Yeah. You know, what's his form been like? How's he leading up? And then, yep. you know, might might be able to get a few shekels off the uh, Hideki. Yeah. He's clearly <laughs> a confidence-oriented player, you know, like, and um, I just wonder how much confidence that he carries, you know, speaking of the Jamie Glazier, you know, putting those mental pictures into the filing cabinet. You know, that, those last two shots on, 
the playoff hole, you know, the tree, the tee shot, and then obviously the, the yeah. airway wood into the sun. You know, that's 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 got to give you confidence that you know you throw anything at me and uh, I'm ready to go because you know I'll rip a draw around the corner from behind a tee block and then uh, hit a laser sharp fairway wood into the sun and just um you know walk off and tap it in. Um, you'd be pretty happy with yourself after that and you'd think, well, I can do anything after that. Nothing's going to get get him away. Definitely. Well, the other thing as well, you think about the confidence side of it, you just think of the, I was just thinking about it then, it's like the the culture and the nature of, you know, Japanese, you think he, there's a humility and it's like, how do you find the balance between being humble, but at the same time having a healthy bit of ego where you're competing against someone and it's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this three wood, reach down into your soul and rip your heart out, which is effectively what he did. And it's like finding that balancing act. And, and I'd say he would be the type of person that would be probably trying to not stay true to himself and not get ahead of it. And it's he, maybe he's now, he's a little bit older. You know, he's, find, he's kind of finding that balance between being just Hideki but at the same time being a little bit of a killer. He's fighting off the, the, the desire to be like Miyagi-Do, but really play like Cobra Kai. <laughs> You've been watching too much Netflix, Ross. <laughs> he wants to be under, under Daniel LaRusso's wing, but he's, yeah. uh, he's, really, he's really playing like John Kreese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He needs to find a balance. But yes. Sweep the leg. Sweep yeah. the leg. <laughs> he needs to jump into the fish pond at Kobe Steakhouse and yeah. <laughs> grab, a, grab a few slippery koi fish out. Um, no, well done, Hideki. Uh, what else was I going to say? Now, Rocket, you've got, uh, once again, um, Mike's background is fairly obvious. Uh, my red light, as opposed to the blue light, has no significance. I just hit the button and the red light came on. But your background in want to watch on the youtube channel we, we um by the way uh put the desperate plea out for another for followers um i know you two guys are following but you're not following how many followers we've grown week in week out um because you know you why why listen when you can watch um guess how many followers we cracked we got last week out of that desperate plea and call for help four two mike you're two you're hotter one one Hey, listeners, do we know? Do we know who it was? No, no, you don't. But please, listen. Like, like, give it. Throw us a bone. Like something, anything. Like, I know there's 114 of you that listen, and you're probably 114 that subscribed. And to tell a mate, share something. Do yeah, like. I've got an idea, Ross. What's that? Can we do a live show? Yep. That we can stream on YouTube. <laughs> Apart from me turning up on time and getting my microphones and all this recording studio to work properly we can do whatever you want i reckon we should do this we book a time then we can get people if they want to watch it they can watch it they can sit there and watch it live Paul's okay. could put it on the big screen in the backyard and putt while we have big three heads are looking at him something like that yes yes so maybe maybe technology wise we could set up uh when we sort of talked about this we might have mentioned it before could we set up at uh, Big Swing Golf Melbourne, have the wonderful backdrop uh, where Rocket and I sort of piloted the world of podcasts in with you know, Golf Central backdrops? Could we do it down there and Rocket beam Rocket in uh, from Queensland? Yeah, of course. We've got to roll in a screen and have him sitting behind us. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, that we, no, no, we, yeah. Can, we can do that. We can do that. Um, and, yep. then, and then the 114 listeners uh, or YouTube subscribers could come down and play golf. And drink beers while we're doing a live podcast. Yeah, we can do that too. And you can bring cheese. I can do that. Okay. And everyone who comes goes in the draw to win a drum and golf voucher. Yeah, we can do that. That's all. That all sounds very easy. It's, it almost sounds like we scripted that, but we didn't. <laughs> no, nothing. The, the, the script is no script. Um, That's it. Rocket. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking. You, sorry, Rocket just dropped out of the feed, um, which would be. Can you can you can you chat for just like even like another thirty seconds because I got to reset some stuff because 
it's not doing what it should be doing. Okay. Give me 30. Okay, well, as true uh, media professionals, yes, we can pad. Um, Absolutely. So, Mike, we can do, we can do that. We could probably uh, set that up and um, and do that down there. We, we could get the cameras in. Um, because I know I know how to film down there now because I've been filming uh, some drum and golf uh, vlog type content. Uh, the latest one is on the Zexio Twelve family. Uh, I start off with all the Zexio Twelve product, which is driver, fairway, hybrid, irons, plus the new Zexio X range, and I start talking about it. Turn the camera on, and it, I I. I know how you can probably think, or how can you talk for 20 minutes about golf products, Ross, of course, but I'm, I'm, I've been sort of clipped at five minutes. I've got to package it up into five minutes. Very hard. Very yep. hard. But uh, but the latest vlog uh, video there is all chopped up and it's on the Drum and Golf YouTube channel. If you go over there and subscribe, that'd be great. Um, but you can see my blog, my little vlog videos coming out, five minutes, just you know, just a bit of product introduction. We'll do some more of that. Um, and I've got uh, one coming out maybe tomorrow the next day of uh, those bad boys. Uh, right there, the uh, Odyssey putters. Yeah, the Odyssey putters. So the new, uh, the new Odyssey uh, White Hot OG. Well, they were, they carry over the White Hot OGs. There's a couple of new models in there. A, a little number seven Nano with a Phil Mickelson style flow neck. Uh, there is the uh, two ball ten. So that stays, but it gets the White Hot insert. Uh, what else? This is specifically talking to the Odyssey putter fans out there. There's the new eleven. So the White Hot, the White Hot ten is a mallet with rear weight the 11 the new one has forward weight but a mallet so that's really good that's really cool uh but the big one is the 5k tri-hot blades and that's what mark leishman will probably be rocking and anyone who runs a callaway uh, sorry an odyssey putter will probably run the 5k tri-hot 5000 zzis or izzs which is a mo- measurement of uh moment of inertia or state of stability um three metals they've put tungsten in there it's fabulous and um then there's the new two-on range Sean Toulon. Do you know who Sean Toulon is? No. See, I like the craft of a putter, you know, and everyone sort of gravitates towards Scotty Cameron, and I can see why. There's, I've got one of those over there as well. Um, because Titleist has done a great job of presenting Scotty Cameron as, as, a, as a guru, rightly so, um, of putting. Makes beautiful putters and pay a lot of money for them. Well, Sean Toulon is... I would say as much of a guru as Scotty Cameron. You just don't quite know about him. But when you think about the tailor-made uh, spider putter, mm-hmm. that's which I sh- use, which you use, of course, um, with the Wonder Stroke, um, that is a Sean Toulon-inspired design. Basically, when he was at TaylorMade, he was he was making that shape, and that's why you see that shape sort of carry over into the Odyssey family now. Yeah, you know, they they, they yes. probably didn't want to go to make a putter that might have resembled another brand. Ostensibly, it was like, well, I made the design, so we may as well use it. But um, Sean Toulon obviously makes those beautiful putters, um, the high end ones, and they're fantastic. They're they're really nice. So there you go. Anyway, um, uh, is that sufficient padding, uh, Rocket, of golf content? I am more than enough. Thank you. Uh, so where I was going before was that uh, Mike's background is fairly obvious. I've got the red light on. It has no meaning other than I hit the button and the red light came on and you've got some male model looking fella. Um, it's, Chris, it's Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, the actor. Okay. Chris Pratt, the actor. Sorry, Chris. Mm. Um, no offense. I, I don't know who mm. you are. Um, and he's got an ax over his shoulder. Mm. Mm. So he's clearly... He's uh, Bryson's new advisor. All oh, right. Okay. L- let us have it. Because um, Bryson's telling everyone about how he nearly quit the game which we all know is complete bogus, just rubbish. I've got, um, got a bit emotional reading that. And uh, he reckons that uh, his friend, Chris Pratt, was to help um, inspire him back to, you know, falling in love with the game. And the quote is, and I'll, I'll have to quote it verbatim, Chris Pratt helped me out at a, gr- a really difficult time for me. He said, play this fictional character for a while. I know you're not happy. You're in a very difficult spot, but act like you're acting for a little bit. And as time and as time has gone on, that's gone away, and I've become myself again. Br- Bryson's the best method actor going around because he stayed in character for a very, very long time. He's oh, and do you know what? The 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 period, the probably the six months when he says he's was um was uh was thinking about quitting. I reckon his acting was, I'm going to act like a normal person. 
and I reckon that's what's happened. And, and the last two interviews he's done, one when he talked, to, they asked him about the Netflix series and how he, um, you know, I predicted it. He was going to be worried about his YouTube channel and, you know, he, he didn't want to steal the light from 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 the other players that, you know, just needed a little bit. And then he goes out with this one. It just shows he's just a really good method actor. He's acting like a complete tool bag. So he's not acting. He is. Yeah, exactly. But he stayed in character. Like he's actually literally in character. This is like Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman, um, Man on the Moon, like full on stay in character for a very long time. So you think about, you know, he's acting, he's pretending to be a physicist. Um, He's pretending to be a scientist. He's pretending to be a smart golfer, and he's none of those things. He's just acting. So from now on, he's not the fraudulent physicist. He's just the method actor. He's just the method man. That's it. (laughs) Oh, dear. And maybe he didn't want to do the Netflix thing because maybe they weren't – they came to him with a golf proposition, not an acting proposition. I don't know. Maybe. Definitely. He's a good actor, acting like a tool, acting like a dill. All of it, the method, the method actor. That's what he is, the method actor. Yes. Well, <laughs> what a dick. As we talked about uh, the Netflix-inspired um, PJ Tour uh, documentary, Bryson won't be appearing on that uh, because of the reasons he said he's he's interested in um, letting other people have a go, and you know, he's already built a significant media following uh, through his own YouTube channel. No problem with anyone trying to bum up their own media um, YouTube channel. You know, we've just spent a good 10 minutes trying to get from 114 to 115 followers. So no problems there. Um, but, uh, yeah, the whole the whole thing of... See, here's the thing is if he was trying to build up his channel and stuff like that, he would actually do that because this is like free publicity and it's insanity oh. that he's not doing it. And this show... And I actually think the real reason he's not wanting to do it because he then has zero control on this on the circus that he gets to put out so if he acts like a complete tool bag and they've got the footage it's going to show him in a bad light and that's why he's not doing it because he's going to have no control even though he does things that are really dumb that are in his control he can't help himself no well you know, you call you continue to call him out. Uh, Bryson's got his detractors. Bryson's got his fans. But um, yeah, I don't think there's anyone, too many people in the world that don't think that he does some weird, weird stuff and has some weird behaviours. And you know, he's going to take it up another level, I reckon, this year. It's going to be just another level of just. I don't, I don't give a wack, wackiness. I don't give a tinker's what level he takes it to. Like it's comedic, if anything, for me. But you know, as long as he wins, as long as he. As long- I don't want him to win. I, I want just I just want carnage and chaos, yeah. and and to hear the stories and the excuses. Yeah, well, here's the other one. Have a guess who's uh, caddying again at the Sony? Bryson's mate who went back to Bandon. Tim Tucker. Yeah. Apparently, you know, focus on his Bandon stuff and and his knees. He's on on the bag again of a, a young kid who's supposed to be electric. Oh, so Chuck Bryson went back home to Bandon just to chill out, and now he's back with a, a young gun. Yeah, yeah. There's, so there's um, so there was a story about why is Tim Tucker caddying and why is he caddying for this no one? And I think it was Bubba Watson's caddy Ted Scott chimed in and said, "Caddies know when someone's got it." Yeah. Right, they, they they know, right? You think about the, their experience; they they know when, the sound of a ball, yeah. all this sort of stuff, right? So they know if there's someone on tour where it's like, oh my god, you have to get on this kid's bag. Yeah, it's Adam Spenson. That's I just it. Looked, I just looked it up, but uh, uh, Bubba's old caddy was caddying for him and handed over to Tim Tucker. Oh, or didn't maybe didn't hand over, but he's taking. He must. Taken. Oh, so he cat. So he's probably caddied for him for a couple of times while Bubba might have been just having a break. Right? Is that it? No, I think Bubba and him aren't together, and they're definitely they're definitely really? done. Yeah. When did? Yeah, that I didn't was know about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're done. I, I remember they were talking about it on the Subpar podcast this week. Colt Nose was talking about really? it. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's him and uh, Bubba and Ted no more. Oh, he we went go. To oh, September. 
Yeah, he went to Svensson and now he's left Svensson and and um, yeah, Tim uh, Ted's on uh, Tim Tucker is on board. Timmy Tucker, that's a great name. Well, who's who? Who's Ted going to pick up a bag with? Don't know. Oh, he might have actually said in that podcast. I can't remember. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I can understand why why Ted's probably just jumped off the bubba bag because you know, you know. Pray, pray for Ted Scott. <laughs> um, and Bubba would be a different character to work for. Yeah, that, like the fact that he was able to work with him for so long is actually mm. a testament to Ted. No, definitely. Okay, uh, what about the Kevin Nah? He's getting a lot of praise on the uh, Twitter spheres from you know, his um, swipe back at uh, who was the young fella that um, had a crack at him? Grayson Murray. Grayson. Everyone, Murray. Everyone, you know, I've taken my my swipes at Grayson Murray because of his Trump. Just stupid stuff. He's talented he's golfer. So talented golfer so with um, just I don't know. He's missing a few. Missing he's a struggling few with alcoholism, and he's he's yeah. he's either lost his card or taken. I think he's on the way. corn ferry. Yeah, because yeah, he's the, the one who who made that big um, push to the tour last year about saying that they don't do much to support the players that are going through issues and bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah, he's taken a f- taken a few shots at the tour and stuff like that. Yeah, was which an is- interesting target by. I mean, he's, it was an interesting tweet by him, but it was an interesting target to go back at from Nah. Yeah, and and Kevin, like I listened to the the interview that Kevin was doing when he talked about it. Um, and there's a part of me that thinks that is yeah, it's reasonably funny, but it's like you know, it's a no one target. But at the same time, you know, I'm, you know, you've got to give um, Grayson kudos because it's actually, you know, again, he's he's calling out um, Kevin Nah for slow play because everyone saw the first round when it was, I think it was on the 16th, 16th or 17th hole, hmm. where he was putting out last and he took like over two minutes and he had Taylor Gooch um, basically sitting on his bag on the next tee waiting. Yeah. I think it's good that. I think it's good when people say what they think. Both of them have clearly done that. But at the same time, I think they have a, a, a personality that they need to be able to rein in sometimes what they want to say or say it in a way that probably comes across better. Like if he wants to, if someone wants to interview someone and say, do you think, you know, if someone asks a question, do you think Kevin Nars is a slow putter? And they said, yeah, look, he is, and he battles with whatever else you want to talk to it and say it's disappointing and it affects other players and this is how it is and not being necessarily constructive about it, but at least saying what you think. But these two, they were pretty rubbish, like, pot shots at each other. <laughs> oh, they weren't great. They weren't no. the best comebacks. No, they weren't. And then, you know, even, you know, I'll call it, even though Kevin's saying that Brooks was happy with it. Yeah. Like, who... You know, there's a part of me that thinks of it as Brooks going, "Hang on, dude. Maybe he's maybe setting a trap because he he hates slow play like the best of them. Yet yep. he's being supportive of Kevin, so maybe setting him up for a fall. Because you know, the the whole slow play thing is just it's getting it's getting ridiculous. It's literally getting like it. The the tour need to do something about it because they make the telecasts probably an hour longer than they should be. Um. And there's players out there that suffer because you've got others that just take their goddamn time and the rules are not enforced. And, you know, PGA Tour, they they enforce rules like, you know, they just throw wet blankets at people. Yeah. Well, they both could have behaved probably a little bit more professionally in, you know, Say as you pointed out, maybe, um, maybe it's Kev trying to spice it up for the Netflix because uh, he signed on for the Netflix thing, so he's probably thinking, Ooh, I better, <laughs> better up me game, better up me tweet game. Uh, now the, I guess the the field at uh, this week's American Express is is okay, but the real yeah. the real field's over in um, the Middle East. There's a lot of big names, definitely. A lot of big uh, names at the. Uh, what do we call what do we call the this is the Abu Dhabi HSBC Abu Dhabi. Championship. Yeah. At uh Yes, uh, yes Links. Yes Links in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I don't know if they've ever played there. The only thing I know they're playing Pass Palum, which is 
same as Kiwa, um, same grass as Kiwa, so it's not super common on the PGA Tour. I don't know how common it is over there. Um, yeah, Collins there, Rory's there, um, Vic Hovland is there, Lowry's there, Hatton, Scott, Fleetwood, Weisberger, Min Woo's on the flight, he's there, Bobby Mack, uh, EVR, Thomas Peters, Pultz. It's a great field. It's a, it's a super European tour field, or what do we call it now? DP, World Tour Field. Mm. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who's shaking the rust off and who's... Oh, Col- Cole's playing. Mm. Yeah. He must be trying to defend the uh, race to Dubai. Well, yeah, that, that's... <laughs> is, that man, is, of the, um, man of the people, player of the people, global, global Cole. Like, that's what they call him. Got his... His um, membership, so he can do what he likes. Come and go as he pleases. Now it'll be yeah, it'll be good. I um, had a really really quick look at it. I think I probably leaned to Shane Lowry um, and Victor Hopland. I think Cole's obviously a superstar, and Rory's a superstar. But I'd rather take the next two in odds and go from there. But I'll be certainly watching a bit of it. It kind of hopefully ends up in the right time zone to watch a bit of golf, which will be lovely. Okay, so I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for a top three. A top three. Yep. Okay. Playing out of the San Domenico golf course, uh, I'm going to run with Francesco Laporta. Francesco Laporta to finish top three. I, I can tell you now, you could write your ticket at your own odds for that. You, you, you're better off just betting him each way and you get him to a quarter of the odds to, uh, to finish top six. Sorry, one-fifth the odds to finish top six. Uh, so only, while I look that up. The um, only reason why I'm going with uh, Francesco Laporta is because Manolo teaches golf or whatever his name is, uh, came up on my Instagram feed today. <laughs> and um, Francesco Laporta reminds me of Manolo. <laughs> I'll, play better. I'll play better say because there's a door in the background and you like Laporta. <laughs> He's $126 on the, on the betting shop, which means he's uh, $26 to finish top six. Okay. So that's not, not, not the worst. Maybe I'll go top five. But yeah, anyway, I said top three. Um, we've got a few Scots. Uh, we've got the <laughs> top Scott. doesn't matter. He'll always be top Scott in this weekend's event. Uh, Colin Montgomery is playing uh, based out of Monty. the Royal Monty's, Monty's on based out of the Royal Touring Golf Club. I like how the DP World Tour are putting uh, the players attached golf clubs. Beside their names. I, I, I like that. Uh, we've got uh, in the... Scottish ranks. We've got uh, Grant Forrest playing from out of the Renaissance Club. Um, we've got David Law, and of course we've got um, the Urban Express. Bobby McIntyre. Where does Bobby play out of? Uh, Scott Jamison, uh, Mark Warren. They don't have clubs listed against them. Uh, David Draisdale from Eyemouth. There's a lot of Scots playing this week. Uh, Ewan Ferguson from uh, Bearsden. Don't, don't know where that is. Uh, where's Bobby Mack? Where's Bobby Mack? Where's where's is he out of? Um, Open GC, I can't remember. There's a massive field. Massive field. Um, some great Aussies playing. Blake Windred's playing. A couple of good young fellas playing. Um, oh, there we go. Daniel Young from Scotland and Ewan Walker from Dundonald and Kings Barnes. Uh, played one of those courses, Dundonald Links. Um, Blake Windred uh, from the Aussie. Uh, what, who else we got? We got Minwood Lee from Fremantle. Uh, Wade Ormsby. I'm Wade. Wade's playing. Maverick Ancliffe and Jason Scrivener. Scrivo. And, and Adam Scott. And Adam Scott. And Scott Hand. Scott Hand, of course. Uh, who's um, top Aussie? Uh, Rocket? Ormsby. Wade the Wiz? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because? I don't know. Adam Scott's probably come off a break and... He hasn't had a shave for a month. Nice, looking wild and woolly. Could mm. be, could be the new look. He's got a new putter in the bag uh, and a new, new beard. <sighs> Won't matter what putter he has in the bag. No. Nah. Problem is in between the beard. Yep. Okay. 
Uh, is the lab putter that he's using still a, a broomy, or is he conventional length? Last time I saw him putting, he had the broomstick. So yeah, although definitely the longer putter. So yeah, still using that. Uh, you can't get past Min Woodley for top Aussie, surely. Uh, as much as I love Wade to be top Aussie, I, but um, no, you can't get past Min. Min has been doing a bit of flying, so yeah, I'll I'll take Scribner just to mix oh, it up. The pirate Min has been on the ground for since Monday. Like he was there on Monday night, mate, having dinner with um. Uh, Wade and um, one of the English. Um, I did say that. Yeah, on said he, he said he was getting his mature mature side uh, attended to by having <laughs> dinner with the old fellas. Yeah, <laughs> he's a funny young kid. Have some respect for your elders. Um, no, um, I can't go past me as top Aussie. What about you, Mike? Who are you tipping for the whole shebangling? Uh. Yeah, I'll stick with Lowry and um, Big Dublin. They're the only two I like. I wouldn't touch anyone else. The odds are crazy on Morikawa and Rory. They're very, very good, but single single digits is not exciting me, not for the small amounts I'm at what it would be outlaying. And then after that, yeah, it's all guesswork. Like I said, it's the hardest parts about these tournaments is we've got guys like Minwoo that have been playing Aussie PGA, jumping on a plane and shooting over. You've got some guys that are coming straight out of a European winter, been hitting balls inside. It's, they're going to get time on the ground there to warm up, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, there'll be some people that'll be shaking off some rust. Okay. Uh, what else have we got? Um, got the WPGA event next uh, Monday and Tuesday at La Trobe Golf Club. Yeah. Sponsored by Drummond. Uh, Drum and Golf, uh, Drum and Golf Preston, Drum and Golf Q, and Drum and Golf Melbourne. Uh, so yours truly will be representing Drum and Golf down there in the program in the afternoon on the Monday. Nice, but interesting day. Obviously, it's a two-day event, so the the ladies, uh, the women are playing. They're playing for score on the Monday, so you know we'll be playing alongside them while they're playing for score, um, which. I've never done before while they're playing for score in a prime. Uh, and then they play uh, a second 18 on Tuesday. Uh, I've got a couple of teams down there. If anyone wants a ticket, uh, I've got a couple of tickets. I'm, I'm not sure how much the tickets are to buy, so I don't know what sort of value I'll save. But if anyone wants a ticket, I can probably arrange a couple. Um, if you listen to this and want a ticket to come down on the Monday or the Tuesday, um, Tuesday would be the day to come and watch. Um, let me know. But uh, yeah, looking forward to um, to getting out there with uh, team team my love of golf uh, on the Monday afternoon in the pro am. Don't know who we're playing with, um, but yeah, I'm sure that yeah. the, um, but I'm sure that they know that they're playing with uh, us and um, they're already writing their um, you know, acceptance speech for a future event in the coming year. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they know the, 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 the rabbit's foot of golf. The whisper is coming. <laughs> Uh, if only if only that was true, um, we joke. So that's exciting for me. Uh, what else? Aussie PGA. Aussie PGA. Last Aussie week. PGA. Last week, yeah. Jed Morgan. I think we said we had one round in the books, and yep. we caught up last week yep. and mentioned uh, Jed being a, a RQ member had been on fire and looked very comfortable and was whooping up the crowd and having a bit of fun. Uh, he kept going and won by eleven. So, yeah, very, very good week for the young bloke. Fine-looking golf swing and just a strong, fine, just a strong-looking, fit young man. Like, yeah, yeah. just looks like he's been in that Golf Australia program. He's taken it all under his wing and he's put every asset that he's been, you know, given coaching and strength and fitness and conditioning and put it into play because he just looks like a fit young golf machine. Um, mm. Well done. Right. Very well done. It's good to see. I just the only thing I'd add, I think, and Rocket and I were talking about it before we kicked off. I thought that the coverage was a bit lackluster. I just thought there's so many oh, more things God, they could don't, have done. Don't, come, on, come on, don't be nice. Don't, don't. No, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> it's not. A, I'm not going to be not nice or nice. I'm. I'm going to be constructive. I think that the days of us having a golf tournament on TV where we're just literally repeating the same sort of coverage we've done 30 years ago, you just can't do anymore. And I just don't, I don't understand why 
why we would. And, and I said to Rocket before we started, I played golf on Sunday and it was 20 of us that played at Kerr Lewis. And if I'd asked those 20 guys about the Aussie PGA, I'd be shocked if any of them even knew it was on, which is just terrible. Um, and, you know, with the women playing alongside them, there were so many things I was sitting there watching that they could do that they just don't take advantage of. You know, you've got, you've got mixed groups, right? You, like we know that the women are playing off on majority of the holes of a forward tee. Now, we know that as golfers, but it's almost like it's a smoke and mirrors that, right, this person's teed off, then we're going to see Suo tee off. Now, there's no call-out that it's she's from the front to the back to There's no call-out. How good would it be if they said, this is the par five? You wouldn't believe it, but Clates is actually there, the bloke who did the redesign. He's going to sit here, pre-record, and tell you, this is the par five, this is the men's tee box, so These, this is how the hole is meant to be played, this is where the hazard is, this is where you can and can't go. This is the carry for the men. This is why this bunker here is in play. If anyone's hitting an iron off that tee, this is what they're doing that for. The women are off here. This is because their average cover off the tee for flying the ball is here. And if we do this, this brings that same hazards into play. Otherwise, if we didn't do that, like just talk through a hole. Or this is how the hole has to be played differently because they're coming in with a a longer shot. Strangely enough, they actually, they did a, they did a, um, a flyover with a drone and recording with um, Jeff Ogilvie doing yeah. hole by hole. So just but. do something that's going to talk to how the women and men play that hole and how it works and why it's different and why they have different tee boxes. And like you said, the, the shots that they're hitting in and where you can, like the guys, and it's not, not against the guys like Ports and Gowie and the guys that are in the commentary box. They've got in front of them what they've got in front of them. And I know they don't have the budget of a PJ Tour. They've only got X amount of cameras and X amount of people. It's not that. There's little things you can add to it to spice it up and do something different. You have a tournament, which is extremely rare, if not the only tournament I could even think of, where men and women are playing alongside each other outside of the Vic Open. It doesn't happen. Make the most of it. And they just didn't do it. That that was just really disappointing to just put up the same, you know, he's going to hit it here because he can't hit it there. And this is the shot here. And he's going to go through. Okay, cool. This This could have been this again. you know, as we spoke about, this would have been a perfect one where they could have taken the risks and just had a do, you know, a couple of people on the ground following just Mike dudes, one one per group for five groups, whatever it is, the ones that were with cameras, yep. and just try and get a microphone near the player and caddy. And you don't have to have them run live. You can you can do some yep. edits if you wanted to because there's enough footage and stuff like that. So they could have actually done a little bit more of that. Yep. And the difference between... You know the conversation that might be had from a, you know, you get the you're going to get a couple like you're talking about the different shots between the men and the women. Hmm. They might be in a similar spot on a particular hole, but they have a different conversation about the shot yep. they're going to hit. Yeah, and it's like then you can contrast it with you know between definitely. between the two. And and um, they definitely have the normal mic kicking up the caddy convos, but like you said, you can extrapolate that and make it amazing. Could you imagine? They just pick it up in conversation and the commentary guys stop talking and that's just the normal coverage. But imagine you picked up that the whole best. conversation and then reworked it so that, like you said, you could cut it up and say, right, this is how they talk through that shot and this is why they did. That would be awesome. That's something I'd be interested in saying. Like, you know, you think about the, the those first three or four holes in um, on the Saturday where um, – what was his lead? Was his lead only about five or six or something oh, like that? It was a fair bit, yeah. He was, but the guy who's playing has come out of the gates. Like, uh, was it Andrew Dodd come out oh, of the yeah. gates? Like, I think he buried the first three holes or something like that. Double R definitely and, buried the first couple. And then, so you know, what what would be better than hearing, you know, um, Jed's got a particular shot. I think it was into third. I think it was par four with a pin tucked in behind, and you know. Dodds actually rip one in there, like it's like you know, you know, he's applying the pressure, you know, and you all you're hearing is what the caddy and that are talking about, and the execute one they're talking about the shot, and mm. then the execution of it, like that's the stuff that people want to hear yep. because we've already got a television, we can see the shot, you know, don't tell me what I can already see, yeah. like tell me something I don't. I'm, if you're not going to say anything that's going to change and add value to the telecast, do something that does because so it's something different. Yeah, it doesn't have to be overhauled. It's just little nah. bits. And like we, again, I'm not going to rabbit on about this, but you know, 
on Thursday afternoon, I watched the whole the whole afternoon. So, you know, Dobbs had a putt on one of the holes for par from about seven feet. So I'm waiting for him to make it. I think he was playing with Jed Morgan and, and Jed Mo- um, No, he was playing with Smiley. That was Smiley made a putt. And I knew that Dobbs was coming up to his six or seven footy for par, which was going to be, you know, a bit of a crunch time. And then they cut to someone else and then they cut back to the group and Dobbs on the tee, the next oh, tee. Oh, I think like, I actually What's going on here? Was that like the sixth or seventh or something? It was early days, yeah. yeah and yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, hang I'm on, I didn't see whether he made it. And you haven't even put up what score he's on in the graphic so that I can actually calculate whether he made it. And then they went to the commercial and the scores came up. And if he was on the sixth or seventh, the scores on the graphic going to the commercial were on hole four. I'm like, you, what? This is not. This is not going to cut it. <laughs> and I love golf, but if I was watching, not if I didn't love golf and was watching that, I'd be so confused. Well, well, the other thing that really drove me nuts is every time they cut from one shot by a player to another one, they had that swipe in graphic yeah. all the time. Stop it! Like just, just like. Stop it. It's yeah. not a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and even if someone was doing a PowerPoint presentation like that, I'd go over and smash their laptop because that was just, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And the thing is that they would just go, yes, it's great that they just continue to show like shot after shot. But the thing is, though, there was no real storytelling no. with it. Like, you know, the amount of times they were sh- very rarely got to see a tee shot. Um, and then you would see a shot from the fairway and then you might not get to see that player hit anything else f- and then to the next hole and you're like, well, what did they do? They hit it in this really bad spot. Did they get up and down? I don't know. And that, But then that every time they flicked and they went to that swipe in, swipe out, like, oh. yeah. you know, as I sent the message to you, it's like, oh, I can't watch this. I literally yeah. can't. It was just driving me mental. So I, I pretty much turned it off for most of the weekend. Yeah. No, look, it was good to see him win. Archie member did really well. Um, the women's one, Suo won. Grace Kim second. The two of those seemed to be going toe-to-toe the whole week. And Sarah Jane Smith was doing some miraculous stuff here and there. I think she, I think I saw a whole lot for Eagle on Saturday. And um, But, yeah, they, they were far and away. It seemed to be the clear cut of the women, Suo and Grace Kim. And it was great to see them play. It was really good. Even my wife walked through at one point and sat down and, I said, oh, the women and the men are playing this way. She said, that's great. And she saw Grace Kim. She said, are they girls juniors though? And I'm like, no, she's just really good. <laughs> she's this <laughs> bean polky with braces and she's she's very, very good at golf. Yeah. Oh, she's seriously good. Um, yeah. Uh, this week they moved to uh, the Australian uh, tour, moves to the Queensland PGA and being played at a newly designed course called uh, the Curl. The Curl yeah, where is it? Yeah, it's somewhere in Brisbane, I believe. Um, okay. Too far away from the Nudgy Nudgy Golf Club, uh, so sort of oh, so the, it wouldn't be too far from the airport then. Yeah, that that sort of site. Not too far from you, Rocket. You should go. No, it's only about fifteen minutes. Okay. Um. So yeah, the last time the court that tournament was played was twenty twenty. The winner was Michael Sim. There's a Michael name, Sim. Michael Sim. Uh, Scottish-born Australian, of course. Uh, everyone who knows uh, a good Scottish-born Australian knows that Michael Sim is one of those. And um, so, good luck to you, Michael Sim. He's he had a bit of he played all right. Hey, well, he's he's in my picks. He's yeah. in my picks this week for the PGA, um, but the, the Queensland PGA. I picked Michael Sim. I had to I had to go back to my mate Dobbs and Aaron Pike. Aaron Pike playing some good golf. Good player, very good player. They're my three this week up there. They both they all played the whole last week. Well, um, the heart will the heart will have some, um, you know, have a couple of uh, whatever they are um, on Michael Sim, but uh, mm-hmm. the other part of the heart, the other half of the heart, will go with uh, Cam John. Cam John, yeah. Cam John sitting around thirty four dollars to win. Great young man, Cameron Johns. Cameron John, Peninsula Kingswood member, uh, ex um, oh. Commonwealth member. Uh, well, he probably still is a Commonwealth member. I don't know, but uh, definitely. Plays out of Peninsula Kingswood. Great young fellow. Great young ball striker. Had uh, you know had some great results a couple of years ago. Didn't play so well. Sort of considered where he was going with his golf. Almost went down the track of doing a PGA traineeship, and then realised no, I'm meant to be a tournament professional golfer, and dropped about ten kilos. Got in the gym, got strong, and just uh, looks like he's. Playing pretty well. Did did pretty well at the at the um, 
of the PGA. So Cam John, I'd love to see him do something um, very, very good. He's won at Gullen on the links of uh, Gullen before as a Scottish stroke play. Um, so love Cam John to do something really good for himself and for PK. There you go. That's my mm. tips. Like it. All right, gents. Uh, once again, another hour and five minutes of total power. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for um, putting up with my audio difficulties at the start. Um, Mike, thanks for your Cheese Week um, updates. Uh, I think the fans will love um, the cheese <laughs> the cheese market um, because we are all cheese, uh, cheese eaters uh, here at the podcast. So there you go. Uh, Rocket, good luck. Um, still set you, you built the flat packs? Uh, I've done most of them, I think. I think there might be a couple more arriving. There's not too many more left. So we're getting there, and then hopefully I'll get my bloody internet fixed next week. It's driving me a little bit mental. Oh, just to clarify, my dad called me today. Uh, he was perplexed at my, you know, his grown man of a son admitting to tanning his legs with spray-on tan. <laughs> um <laughs> But he's, he's becoming less surprised. But I, I left the part out where I said, uh, he said, did you go and buy that? Why did you go and buy that? I said, no, 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 I am left that part out. I missed it, the fact that uh, it was actually left over from a Bucks party. In, no, you in, did say that. Yeah, I did, did say, say that. Okay, that. Yeah. And some, some bloke with not many clothes on, you know, had to be tanned in this can. Got left behind, so I took it. Um, there you go. Anyway, thanks, Dad, for listening. I uh, appreciate your support. Appreciate you um, watching my videos and telling me what I'm doing right, wrong, or otherwise. And uh, everyone else, appreciate for listening. Like, share, subscribe, do all the fun stuff. And uh, help us keep this podcast on the uh, straight and narrow. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.